Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, we've actually talked about that as a whole, as the you know, offense as a whole. You know, I think what happens sometimes is is uh, you know the guys want to you know want to do something so bad that um, you know if, if it makes sense that you can almost over try. You know, and, and, and when you when you do that, you can really kind of paralyze yourself a little bit. And um, so I just talked to the guys, you know, about uh, you know about playing just 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 free free your mind. I mean, if you're prepared, if if you've done a great job in your preparation, you should li- allow your preparation to take over. And then your pre- if you've done that and and you're prepared, then when you go out in the field you're kind of ahead of the game as you're you know as you're doing whatever your your job is that you're doing hmm. so what does that tell you from daryl bevel the offensive coordinator lack of preparation the, the the players maybe or maybe even coaching but the players especially uh just aren't focused enough on game day because of preparation and so they're trying too hard to make up kind of like you know think of it as like a test right yeah I mean, if you do your work you do your homework all throughout the week in school kids ty kaylee are you listening then on friday when you take the test it's a little easier if you don't do your work monday tuesday wednesday thursday then you got to get tutored by mom and then you got to catch up and do like six assignments on thursday night and then you got to hope that friday uh, you take the test and the test comes out well, story right? of my life brent story uh, of my so, life man but and by the way, a lot of us live life for that, trying to go through that the latter route. As long as we get it done, right? What's well, kind of like Christmas shopping, man? Like you got Christmas shopping done yet or not? <laughs> no. Well, actually, did quite a bit today, so that's not bad. Nicely uh, done. Okay. But uh, but anyway, so like that's kind of the theory. Now this is their job, okay? So that's not how it works in the NFL. It's a little bit different than trying to get through high school mm-hmm. <laughs> or college or wherever, uh, and. It kind of reads to me like that is what Bevel's saying. Is like, listen, if you're not preparing well enough on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, well, then you're going to guess your second guess yourself, then try to press a little bit to make sure you're doing it right, and then you're not free and easy and you mess up. Yeah. Uh, does that happen? I mean, it. yeah, it definitely can happen. Um, I don't know. It just it seems like this often, like the, the, they haven't, found the right formula, the right combination to have success, it seems like, right? Like, you saw maybe a little bit of it in the beginning of the season, but now, like, whatever they're doing, it's it's just not working. So I don't know if it's a lack of preparation. Um, I don't know if it's just a lack of, you know, teaching what's supposed to be teach with the players understanding. But there's there seems to be a fundamental, whatever you want to call it, difference in, in terms of, how the information is being released and how it's getting uh, digested because we've seen at this point in the, in the season way too many penalties on offense. I, I still think the Jaguars, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, lead the league in penalties right now on offense. Now, that might have changed since the last game, but last time I checked, that was the case. So, I don't know, Brent, because, I mean, you, you could sit here and say, well, sometimes when you over-prepare, that you start to press a little bit and then you make mistakes. Like, is that what's going on? Probably not. I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to put it, you know, in a category of saying what exactly is going on with this team right now on offense. Yeah, I, I think, um, listen, I can see how it breaks apart. There's a lot that has to go right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think you can play decent football and pretty disciplined football uh, without being super talented yeah. on the field. Yeah. You know, I think we've seen plenty of that in, in all sports. Uh, now, sooner or later, talent might win the day in that conversation, but it shouldn't allow you to 
be running routes in the same area. I saw another play yesterday, man. It's like, holy cow, like, what is that? Like, what's Trevor supposed to throw to? It looked like Treadwell and LaVisca were about to collide at an intersection. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, what are we doing here? And so whether the timing got thrown off, whether they were in the wrong landmarks, um, but it was a play where Trevor was rolling right, and it's like, you knew the options were limited anyway because he's rolling right. Yeah. And then whatever he saw that, and he's like, I can't do anything here. I'm not throwing it to these guys. They're about to run into each other. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah for sure. And, and then on top of that, how do you have three offensive linemen miss blocks? You know, I understand, again, this is not easy. It's, it's, the game's played in unison. But we're talking about an offensive line that's played a lot of football together. Like, yeah. why does that happen? Everybody talks about how all this started with James Robinson. I mean, Aaron Donald had a free pass at him. Yeah. On that play. Mm-hmm. It's Aaron freaking Donald. Like, how do you not have eyes on you him? You have to account for him at all times, yes. <laughs> so, uh, it's just like, it, it, there's there's some levels where I'm sure it's coaching and not getting it through enough, and you got to pin some of it on coaching. But this is why I do say it's a player's league. Like, you can't be that bad so many times in the course of a game. You can be that bad on a play or two, but you can't be that dysfunctional so often. And And... I mean, a lot of these guys have played football before. We're not talking about 40 rookies on a team or second-year guys. And yeah. I, I just think, uh, you know, you take it from the defensive side, right? Uh, I would say you guys had a uh, – go back to – I always bring up the 2011 year because I think it's the best year to bring up where I think you said – did you guys say you had like a top 10 we, defense? We, uh, we were six overall. Okay, so six defense overall. The offense yeah. sucked. I mean, it was yeah. so bad. Yes. Uh, so bad. And, and, by the way, this one's rivaling it. Um, so, But I also wouldn't sit here and say, Austin, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you guys were, like, ultra-talented on defense. I mean, you had some good players on defense. Yeah. No, I mean, best no. players. Like, I, I, I mean, Daryl Smith, really good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2011, we, I think, was Puzz here in 2011? Tyson. Yeah, no, Ty- Puzz, no, Puzz 2012. Yeah. He was, yeah. okay. Uh, Tyson, um, we had, I'm trying to think who was next to Tyson. Like, who was our... Nose tackle. Yeah, I mean, I can't really remember. You know, I can't R- Russell I, Allen, um, Rasheen Mathis, I think, was still here. I think Mathis was still there. Um, yeah. We had uh, Lowry, um, yeah, Dwight yeah. Lowry. Yeah. Uh, we had Landry, if Landry. I'm not mistaken. I think so, too. Um, so two safeties. couple veteran guys there. couple veteran guys. We had Matt Roth, I think, back in 2011, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I'm in yeah, 12. Probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, nevertheless, I mean, you know, I'm making your point. We didn't have... Uh, a lot of pro bowlers on that team. But yeah. what we had was, you know, we had a simplistic defense that didn't ask too much of us. We had guys that did a great job of locking in and doing their jobs, you know, to the best of their abilities. Um, you know, and, and as far as the D-line was concerned, we had a coach in Joe Cullen who held us accountable because we knew that if we weren't doing our jobs, if we kept on making the same mistakes over and over again, well, then, number one, you get yelled at. Number two, you're probably not going to play that much. You know, so, like, uh, accountability was, was absolute. Um, not saying that's changed here in Jacksonville, but you have seen the same mistakes being made again and again. And as far as the we can see, have there really been any repercussions for those mistakes? Yeah, and it's a different league a little bit a yeah. decade later. I do believe that, but... I think your point is right on, and that's really where I wanted to go. Like, your defense, and it's easier to do on defense. It's a little bit less in sync than the offense has to be. Yeah. But 
you know, I understand the Jags have had players going in and out of their lineup on offense, especially receivers. But they've also they have guys like Laquan Treadwell, man, mm-hmm. and Tavon Austin who have played in the league for like five years, nine years. Like those guys have been around. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about grabbing like Jeff Cotton from the practice squad who's never played a game. <laughs> no, like yeah. I would see that guy making a mistake makes sense to me. Yep. Right? Yeah. Like these other guys on the offensive line, they've all played a lot of football. Uh, tight ends have played a lot of football. I, like, I just feel like you should be able to do basic things and, and, and line up and, and function at least like a play rather than look so dysfunctional, not be able to line up, and, and running routes in the same area. Uh, and sure, again, I'm not letting the coaches off the hook here. Yeah. But I just feel like at some point, I mean, there's no way a coach is coaching you to be in the same spot on a route. Like, I don't believe sure. that. I just don't believe that. And maybe that coach stinks at scheming, and that's certainly a potential a possibility here. And they're not scheming enough open, and I don't think they have done that. But I just feel like you can't make these kind of mistakes at the NFL level when you get paid to play on Sunday. And uh, it, it's there's just no excuse for it. They have got to play better on those simple things. Now, if that guy across from you is just flat out better, well, that's going to probably be the case from time to time. One in the NFL, but especially with the Jags. They yeah. don't have the best roster. No, but, I mean, like, like you said, we didn't have the best roster in 2011 on defense. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, uh, and by the way, so Puzz was actually in there in 2011. He, he, he was, was 2011. He was 2011. So, oh, the lockout was uh, going into the 11th season. Okay. Correct, yep. And okay. then uh, also Jerry Mincy did, deserves to be noticed, uh, you know, mentioned as well. Yeah, uh, but I mean, a I'm, I'm going through the player, No, right? yeah, I, mean, I mean, I'm not, no, I'm not making, hey, I'm not saying we had Jerry Mincy. We had yeah. Ledger Doosable. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I can't pronounce his name Lige right. Sorry. Yeah, Leisure, yeah. there we go. Sorry. Nice we player, had George but... Selvey. Yeah, I mean, oh, and by the way, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Chickamania. John Chick. Yeah. yeah, and so what you had, though, is kind of what I'm talking about. And what this defense, actually, that defensive front, Austin, mm-hmm. is a lot like this defensive front. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, actually, this defensive front has a guy like Josh Allen, who is a, major, a more of a major disruptor than probably you guys had. Um, but, like, you have guys that have played, the football, played football for a, a bit. Yeah. They, they had some experience. Uh, they were probably going to be in the right spots most of the time. And, and then, yeah, some days you, you would have better days than others because it wasn't an ultra-talented front, but, uh, but it did the job because you knew what your job was. Yeah. And you went out and did your job. Like, the Jags have enough of those guys on this roster where they're not playing their fourth, fifth, twelfth game of their careers that they should be able to do those things. And they're not. That's what stuns me. Yeah. No, and you're absolutely right. Um. I mean, and once again, like we can go back and forth and say, well, is it coaching? Is it the players? I mean, eventually there has to be accountability on the players. And, you know, I think, you know, offense and defense, they're different in a lot of ways. Like, I, I truly think on defense, if you have 11 guys doing their job, then you're probably going to have a positive play. Where the breakdowns happen, where offenses find success is when there's a breakdown in the defense. Right now, you know, if you ask the offense about that, it'll be the exact opposite of what they tell you, but I'm a defensive-minded guy, so that's what I think. But I think on the offensive side of things, it's so much more mental, where you have to be calculated because you can't get by with playing with aggressiveness and emotion and all that stuff. I mean, that's why I was on defense, right? I wasn't, in terms of calculation, no. Well, I wasn't, a, I wasn't much of a thinker out there in the football field. I was more of a read and react and blow stuff up kind of guy, right? That's yeah. why I was on defense. Offense, it's got to be more calculated. It's a lot more cerebral, if you will. And to me, that does come from coaching um, even more than defense. So that's why I'm such a big proponent of saying, hey, 
the coach has got to be held accountable here because that's kind of the M.O. of a, of a great offense is the influence of a coach. Yeah, and, and by the way, with any job, you have to trust you have to trust the guy next to you, the guy behind you on yes. defense. And the quarterback has to trust the guys in front of him, the guys on the outside. The guys on the outside have to trust the quarterback. You know, and, and that has been missing. And, and for whatever reason, there's not a lot of trust right now, especially on the offensive side of the football, uh, in what they're doing, and that breeds confidence. And so you can see why all this goes wrong. How do you get it back? And I think what the main message is going to be is really simplify this Sunday. We'll see if that helps. But just go play. And I think the one thing, if all this other stuff is going wrong, the one thing you can't worry about, because nobody operates at a fast, high level, if you're worried about making mistakes. Yeah. And so if you worry about making mistakes, you're screwed from the get-go. And so I think that's what Trevor was kind of saying yesterday. And hopefully the whole offense adopts that. It's like, let's just go play, boys. Let's just go play backyard football. Mm-hmm. And it, I, easier said than done, I believe. Uh, but I, I'll give you one more example that I find wild about the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons against the Patriots really stunk that night. Their offensive line, remember, that Thursday night game? Well, they come back against the Jags, and they push the Jags around. They pushed the Jags' defensive front around that, by the way, had been playing pretty well up to that point. Yeah. And so I think that's an element. Now, that to me is coaching because somebody said something in that film room. Somebody said something on the practice field that week. Somebody said something on that Saturday night meeting. And it registered all the way to Sunday mm-hmm. where are you going to bow up and be a man here and beat that guy and compete? No, seriously. No, like, no, are you going to compete? Yeah. yeah. Like, or are you just going to go and say, hey, this is who we are for the next six games of the season? Yeah. Because they got embarrassed against yeah. the Patriots. Yes. And what they did is they bounced back. And so if, if anything can give you a little hope is can the coaches get that message? Do the players believe that? And they're just tired of watching this film that looks so crappy. Right? No, for sure. But uh, once again, you know, and I compared it yesterday a little bit to you saw what happened in Seattle with this Jaguars defense. They come out after that and then they play a lot better. That, to me, is accountability. That's what makes, you know, a, a, a great coach. It is a guy or a coordinator or a position coach, whatever the case may be here, to take, take your pick. But any guy that can go, okay, we had a horrible game. We got embarrassed. This is not who we are. Now it is my job to make sure that I get the message across that this is not acceptable and we need to respond from that, right? Like, it, I say this all the time. You're going to have a bad game. Right. Every team in this league has had a bad game where it's like, what was that, you know? Um, yeah. Now some teams have more than one bad game, and then, and then it starts to become a streak, and then it starts to snowball a little bit. This defense, for, you know, for, the, for lack of a better word, I mean, it's, it's been up and down, but at least it's been up and down. It hasn't snowballed for a game after game after game. You remember a couple years ago with Todd Wash when it was like back-to-back-to-back, what was it, 200-yard games or whatever, on rushing or something yes. like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, three years ago. Like, yeah, yeah that, that was an issue. Like, that, that was a problem. That was your identity. That's who you are. And they couldn't do anything about it. You know what the teams are going to do against you, and you couldn't stop it. That was an issue. With this defense right now, you know, you have seen some great and you've seen some, eh, you've seen some good. But the point is, is like they've, they've made progress in terms of how they respond. On the offensive side of the ball, there hasn't been any of that. You know, you would think like, okay, we scored, you know, seven points here. Guys, this is unacceptable. This is not who we are. We got to do better. We got to do something. Whatever the case may be, but it's not acceptable. If they're not getting the message, if they're not on the same page, whatever the case may be, but we haven't seen an offense respond. This is snowballed. And when it snowballs, well, that's who you kind of are. And right now this offense, obviously, might be the worst in the NFL.
Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and that's a very good point, by the way, looking back, that where this defense has done better coming off bad performances. Yeah. Uh, this, this offense has not rebounded. Not once. They've regressed, yeah. and they have not rebounded. And do you, I think what a great point of that is, what was the Seattle game? Was the Seattle game coming off a bye, or did they go Seattle, then have a bye? I think they, uh, I think they were coming off the bye. Um, but they were brutal on yeah. offense. Yeah. Now, yeah, they had the Miami win, then a bye week. Then Seattle. Seattle, and then they really didn't bounce back against Buffalo at all either. Mm-hmm. After, and then they really still haven't bounced back from anything. <laughs> you know, so I mean, they really can't even get to Miami level, which Miami level was like desperation. Fourth, you know, ten seconds to go, fourth and eight, kick a fifty-three yard field goal to win it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they can't even get to that. Yeah, uh, and so. I think you're right. All right, let's talk this Thursday night game. We're going to make our picks before you get out of here. We talk a little high school football with Kevin Sullivan coming up in uh, just a bit, presented by Baker Sports and University of North Florida Ospreys. Uh, but we got tonight a game. Uh, give it to us, Casey. We've got the Steelers, who can bounce the Jags out of playoff contention tonight with a win. <laughs> so. And we have the Minnesota Vikings, who I think have already should have already fired Mike Zimmer and are, are the best, worst team in the league. Yeah, so that is a situation, but I will tell you this. There are only three, counting this one, one, two, three, Thursday night football games left. So, Brent Martineau, I lost, so we'll just start there. I lost. I'm the loser. Sorry, Casey. But I know there's pride on the line here. Brent Martineau has a two-game lead. Oh, I'm almost dormy. So, I don't want to put any pressure on you, Brent, but this will be the collapse of all collapses. (laughs) You've been leading the whole time. Mm -hmm. You're up two with three to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't really a game that you can fall into an easy answer here. I see a, so, I see a, I see a Greg Norman collapse coming up. Am I right? So Ooh, very good reference. There. Thank you. There's some options at hand. By the way, last week, Austin Cowboys to win. That would be correct. Yes. Uh, Brent Cowboys minus six, also correct. Uh, over 46, <laughs> 44. Good job, guys. <laughs> Way to do it. You guys all suck, all of you. So... Uh, here's the deal. Steelers, Vikings, I'll pick last again. Um, I'm not 100% sure who picks first. You'll have to go off fantasy. Brent. <laughs> I had a good week. Yeah. All right, Brent. Well, then, obviously, you know you can pick one of these teams to win. You can either pick the Steelers plus three and a half, Minnesota minus three and a half at home, or over under 44 and a half. Over under 44 and a half. All right. I'm going to do, uh, what do you think the hardest bet is here? You guys name it, and I'm going to pick it. No, no, don't, don't, don't do this game, all right? Don't, because then you're going to blame this side. Well, you guys picked it, so. No, no, I got nope. strong feelings about all three. Okay. I honestly think it's hard to figure out who's going to win. Yep. Like, just straight up win the football game. Because the Steelers could very well win, but Minnesota plays better at home, but then Minnesota tends to lose, and the Steelers aren't that good. So I honestly have no clue who's going to win. Good call, Casey, yeah. So you think it's harder to pick who's going to win than taking, like, the Steelers three and a half? Yeah, because yep. th- there's a thought process that the Steelers can't keep up with Minnesota and what they have. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yes, thank you. I'll go with the Vikings. Steelers, let's go. Wait, Steelers wait. with the points. Okay, all right. Steelers with the points. Yep. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Set them up, Casey. Yep. By the way, I would have done, done Vikings minus three and a half. I would do Vikings, and I would do over. Oh, I like this. I will also go with the over, not that it matters, but yeah. I'd like to maybe win again. Yeah, no, it feels good to win. It's been a couple months. So, yeah, yeah, I'll take the over 44 and a half. Nice. All that right. That should be fun. All right. Big I game tonight, Brent. Yeah, big one. Yeah. Uh, for you. <laughs> uh, it could be, yeah, for sure. Uh, Vikings, man, I tell you the word. I guess Dalvin Cook is expected to play, which seems like that's a miraculous comeback for him. Yeah. I mean, if you saw the injury, like, he, the guy was on the ground, like, rolling around and stuff with that shoulder or whatever it was, so. Yeah. Who's uh, 
I mean, if you... The Steelers and Vikings are both very much in this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got to be a bigger game for the Vikings, right? See, I don't know, because you got that momentum now for the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers are still kind of in it. Yeah. Well, I know they're in it. Yeah, well, they're in it. But game. if they go to 6-6-1, six, six, if the Vikings go to 5-8, and eight, it feels like they're out of it. Well, yeah, but the Steelers could pick up a win on the road. Yeah. It means something. I don't yeah. know. I think minute. Yeah, I don't know. I think minutes. Here's the deal, though. Pittsburgh gets in. They're not dangerous. Like, nobody believes Pittsburgh's going to, like, catch fire. Right. Minnesota's a dangerous team. Yeah. Even in the NFC. I know they haven't been good, and I wouldn't put money on them. But I say they're da- I don't think anybody wants to play them. Because they can pop 37 on you any time. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins can throw four interceptions, too, in a game. They could, but I, the craziest thing about the Vikings is Kirk Cousins has not been a problem. No, no, but, he, but he's had Kirk Cousins games every once in a while. Yeah, once in a while. I mean, but everybody does. But can be tonight, too. <laughs> Not tonight. Yeah. All right, get out of here, Austin. We'll All right, later, man. Cool. All right, uh, Austin's out of here. Maybe, like, trying to put money in the sand in Jack's Beach or something like that, whatever he's talking That's about. That's his fight on Saturday, yeah. On 95.1 WAPE in the morning. Uh, since we reciprocate around here, and APE really pushes our show in the afternoon, I bet. I've heard they just uh, we'll push be- it all the time. <laughs> All right, Casey, you and I, we come back. Uh, Coach Kevin Sullivan joins us as well. We're talking high school football, Trinity Christian, plays for a state title, trying to carry the flag for Northeast Florida and the high school ranks tonight. It's a big one. We take you uh, on the high school ranks when we come back on ESPN 6. Danielle's always been a quarterback that can hurt you with his legs on the, on the rollout passes and the boots. And then when you don't pull him up, he's going to run. If you pull him up, the deep crossing route. So we got our hands full. doesn't matter. You know, Julio may be back. I mean, he's as, as good a receiver as there is. So we got our hands full. But it's, it's one of those games where if you don't enjoy playing in this game, then you shouldn't be playing at all because it's, it's a throwback game. Rivalry, yes, it's a rivalry. They're, they're the kings of the division. They've been. And uh, if we want to get to where I know we want to get to, it, it, it goes through Nashville. I almost get the sense that uh, Joe Cullen, and that's who that was, defensive coordinator of the Jags, that he almost kind of, he's very good each and every week. He's a matter of fact. But it feels like to me, and I might have just kind of read this wrong, that he almost was trying to send a message to everybody and, and, like, take more of a leadership role this week with all the stuff going on. Like, kind of almost act like as an interim head coach in a weird way to me. That's what it felt like uh, because in, in the sense... Again, Joe's going to say a lot of those things anyway, but I just felt like he was talking to them. Like, if you don't want to play in this game against the Titans and, and that hard hat kind of game, then you show you don't belong in the league, you know? And it didn't feel like just saying it in a passerby way. Um, I really do feel like there's they're, they're going to try to galvanize off this whole James Robinson situation. Can they do it? I don't know. It is two ways to go. Either Urban Myers lost the locker room so much that these guys won't show up on Sunday, or... They're going to really play well and hard and, and, well, hard first and then maybe well and and maybe surprise some people. I think that's kind of what happens when you have these circumstances uh, that just took place this week. Uh, Brent Martin here at String Sports Brewery in Springfield. Moose has arrived. He's here for Jaguars All Access. Uh, so you can be too. 7 o'clock on Fox 30. Shaq Griffin will join us. Uh, Jeff Lockman will be with me as well. And uh, right now we'll take you up until 6 o'clock. Coach Kevin Sullivan, our Hall of Famer, back for some more high school football talk. Uh, we continue to do it each and every week, and we've got one team left. Trinity Christian plays for a state championship tonight. All right, Coach, i got two questions for you now. One is uh, the longest you've ever benched a player for fumbling. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've benched him for 20 plays. That'd be my <laughs> best player. I can tell you that. Uh, I can guarantee you that's never happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a that whole. I don't know. I'm only here's what I'm disappointed because I've known I know um, um, you know I've known Urban a long time, and it sort of disappoints me because. He's always been so much in control of everything going on around him and everything. That, so all this stuff going on is just so weird for me. I mean, I know it's the NFL and it's a little different than college, but you're still the HBC, man. You're still the head coach, you know? Yeah. And you got to rely on what you rely on is what you do. So I, I don't know. I, the whole thing perplexing. Yeah, we talked a lot about this yesterday. It's like I get that he might be trying to take a little bit more of a broader view from his position as like more of a CEO, although he's always been a CEO even at the college ranks, but kind of for his health purposes and also he's getting a little older and this is the NFL. He doesn't want to be like all over everybody like he maybe was in the college game. But th this doesn't feel like it's working out well, Coach, for him trying to change. Like, I, I don't know if you ever had to do that. Like, I think people try to do this sometimes. People try to adapt and change and say, I'm going to try this. But they just don't feel comfortable doing it. You know, like, I, I, I always bring this up. Like, I, I talk to my kids sometimes about this. I was a yapper, like, on the baseball field. Like, I, right. I, I love to talk the game. Like, I was from the outfield. I didn't care if anybody was even listening to me. But I love to be like, hey, first uh, guy on first, uh, one out, you know, outfield's running three, double play on the infield, something like that because it right. kept me in the game. And sometimes I'd have, like, teammates be like, shut up, man. And I, So then I would try it, and I felt like I was just not in the same game. Like, I couldn't get myself ready, like, to play, even at that level, at a very low level. And so I just wonder sometimes, like, if because he's trying to be more CEO, hands-off, all this other stuff, more than he used to be for health purposes, NFL purposes, whatever purposes, if he's just not as good at being a coach because he's trying it differently. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's the whole thing, you know, because like the whole offseason, remember we talked about like the offseason and getting into in the camp and everything in June and then coming in, everybody knew who was in charge, you know, and that's sort of been the problem the last few years. Who yeah. was in charge, you know what I mean? And now it's like completely different. And, you know, and I'm not saying I'm anything near Urban Meyer coaching-wise, but if, if I'm the head coach and I don't like what's going on, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, oh, no, we're not doing that. You're, we're playing this guy inside the 10. We're playing this guy inside the 20. I don't care if Collar's Hyde gets pissed or not or whatever. we got to give him the ball. He needs to touch the ball 20 to 25 times a game. I mean, we're 2-9. and nine. What's, what's going to happen? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. All right, let me ask you one more thing about it then. Just from your experience, even with high school kids, when you have turmoil, right, when something goes on in school, uh, and I'm not talking like catastrophe, tragedy. I'm talking about like something like one of your best players got in a fight and got suspended or you had a fight between two running backs. Like that happens, right? I'm sure you had that. And so, uh, uh, like, how does your team respond? And I'm really curious this Sunday because the Jags rallied around James Robinson. They may not have rallied around the coaching staff, but they have rallied, it looks like from the outside in, that they have rallied around one of their better players in James Robinson. Do you, does that sometimes equate to, in sports in general, playing better the next time out, or does it, the distraction just kind of remain there? 
Well, no, I think I think what Trevor did was big. I think that's really big. I mean, he's he's played about eleven games in the NFL, and he just stepped up. Was like, look, as one of our best players, he's got to be on the field. So I think that's big. So I think for for that thing and the offensive line, I think they probably take that a little personal. You know what I mean? So it, it's like, hey, we got to get James, and we got to make him look good because we make him look good, we look better. So I'm hoping that rallies around those guys. And, and like you said about Joe Cullen, Joe Cullen is one of the all-time greatest dudes ever, man. And those guys who love him, the D-line guys love him, the defensive guys love him. They've played so much better with limited, you know, they're still limited a little bit, especially in the back half of what they're trying to do. They're getting better. But I think Joe Cullen is what you said. I think he's coming out and he's trying to, to take some of that off everybody and challenging those guys about let's play better. This is our organization, not offense, defense. But this is our organization. We want to be here a while. We want to be around. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how they look on this Sunday. Now, listen, they're still not very good, so you can't just change overnight. But I do think, I wonder, I wonder if this galvanized them a little bit. We'll find out. Sunday's performance will tell us a little bit, maybe at how the rest of the season will go for the Jags. All right, uh, good Jags talk with Coach Sullivan, our Hall of Fame uh, high school coach. And now let's bring him in talking about Trinity Christian against Chapanyat Catholic uh, in the Class 2A state championship game tonight. Stuart Weber's there for Action Sports Jags. Our coverage uh, in the high school ranks brought to you by Baker Sports in the U. University of North Florida Ospreys. Check out the Ospreys at unfospreys.com. Uh, Trinity Christian, man, uh, we know they're good. They're always good. On paper, they are super talented. And on paper, they might even, I don't know a ton about Champagnat Catholic, but they might even be a little bit better. How do you see this game lining up? Well, Champagnat, I think, is on a, a they're two-time state champions. They were, yeah, they, they were down. You know, they're down. Trinity came back down to them. And uh, offensively, I talked to Berlin uh, this morning, actually. I think they might have been on the bus heading over. And uh, he said he's really nervous about them offensively and, and because they've got a quarterback that's thrown for 2,400 yards or so, 23 touchdowns and two interceptions. So he, he said they've got four receivers over 400 yards receiving uh, on the team. So he's a little bit nervous. He knows defensively they're pretty good. They're pretty good for what they do in their scheme, but he thinks their defense has really got to play well tonight. He thinks they'll score, but he thinks it's going to be one of those, you know, high-scoring games. I hope it's not like it was uh, against Clearwater Academy, uh, triple overtime, 50-whatever to 50-whatever. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I right. think, you know what I mean? So I think that he he feels they got to do something defensively and really, really create something defensively to help them on offense tonight. Yeah, I hope, uh, I, I really think, I don't know if he said anything about this to you, but my goodness, Coach, if they could stay somewhat disciplined, I'm not even saying extraordinarily disciplined. I had 24 penalties last week. And that is, yeah. uh, you know, listen, high school officials can get crazy. And so some of that's probably on them. But 24 is a lot. And Trinity, let's be honest, they've had discipline issues at times uh, on the field. They play a very violent style. They play fast. And sometimes that leads to some extracurriculars over the years. I'm not talking this team in, in particular. Sure, sure. But they've, they've got to they keep that in check. I mean, because you make a big penalty here and it might cost you a ring. Yeah, without a doubt. And, too, and, and, you know, I don't know the status of this and if they appeal. But, you know, Cam Miller got ejected last week at the end of the game, towards the end of the game. Um, and so he's one of their better DBs playing, and now they're playing this team. So I'm not sure if they appeal that and he's playing or not, but I remember he did get ejected with two unsportsmans last week uh, in the game. So I, I, hopefully he's back and he can play their full go defensively. 
Yeah, hopefully, as long as there is no punch thrown, it might be okay there uh, to play. Right. But I don't actually, I don't know the differentiation between the two unsportsmanlikes and, and maybe being ejected uh, for throwing a punch. I would imagine if you throw a punch or something like that, he wouldn't be allowed back in um, for this week. So that's a, that's something to keep an eye on. Didn't realize that. Uh, but hey, that's the only team uh, playing still. Uh, are you a little surprised we only have Trinity Christian playing for a state championship? Remember, I told you last week it was we were going to be one for three. Remember? I know. Well, well, last week, last week, I know you got it right. Um, and by the way, that was Wild Bulls had a big lead oh, and lost right. that. It's yeah. the second time in a couple of years now they've done that. I think against Coco. But I, I'm saying if we go back to let's say October, and I I told you, hey, we're probably only going to end up with one team in the state championship game. Would that have surprised you, or would you been like, yeah, yeah I think sometimes so. that's the way it yeah. goes. Yeah, I think so. I think the way, I, and I really believe Baker. I think Baker, if they didn't have to go to Miami in yeah. the semis, I think they would have made it. I think I think they're the they were a bet, they're a better team than what's what's presenting next week. My opinion, from what I've seen and watched on both teams, Merritt Island okay. being the other team, I think they felt good. Um, and again, Bulls would have been the same thing with regards they receded or not. They were going to play Coco, and they knew that going in, but they would have had them. At, I think Bulls would have had them at home, the old system, and not have to travel down to Coco. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, so I don't know. Yeah, I thought we'd have, you know, you, know, you always hope you're going to have one or two, you know, outside shot of maybe three. But, again, once you get past round to eight, man, it's tough. I don't yeah, care really what anybody hard. says. It's it's really hard. So yeah, it's a heck um, of a football state. So it's it's a, it's a lot of competition. All right, last one for you. I don't know if you saw this, but I'm gonna, I, I just saw this re uh, this afternoon. You see Jamie Rogers, uh, former Baker County coach, going out to Bradford. I think. Oh no, I didn't see that. I haven't seen yeah, that. I, I haven't been yeah. on today. I, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was on. Oh, I was going to tell you, I caught twelve whiting this morning for about two oh, hours they, of fishing work today. You want to get ready to cook them up in the fryer. <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. And you had a heck of a day. Forget about Jamie yeah. Rogers. We talk about him another day. Also, uh, um, Orange Park now looking for a new coach. Is Coach Max out, huh? Yeah, I, I see that? that too. Yeah, that's that was a, that was an interesting uh, one. That was interesting. Uh, but Jamie Rogers coming back to Bradford. You know, that's a big rival, Bradford and Baker now. Yeah, you that'll know? be interesting to watch because I think Jamie's a hometown Baker guy too, isn't he? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So um, that's it. That's a really interesting move. And, and he had gone like, up to know, Georgia. Yeah, I think he went to uh, Ir Irwin County, maybe or yeah, uh, sounds right. One of the one of those one of those small county schools and, and done a pretty good job up there. But you know, sometimes those guys get up there and it's a little bit different than they want it to be. And they, you know, he's got a lot of family and everything in Baker County and stuff. So that that's real interesting. Uh, that's a real interesting thing. And then you saw Darlington that used to be the coach of the pop call those years. He came back to the land from Alabama. I don't know if you oh, saw wow. that, Rick Darlington. I didn't see that. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, won uh, three state championships at a, at Apopka. So he's welcome been back to Florida for some now. of these guys. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. So what are, you, what are you cooking with the fish? Uh, we got a little pasta a little pasta on the side with the fish. And I'm going to do some in the fryer. And then the wife's making me do some. I'm going to pan. I'm going to bake some. Uh, with that, but yeah, I mean, it was big day today. I, I was surprised. I go with my eight-year-old neighbor, man. He texted me at like seven thirty. I'm going fishing, and so I always go over. But we're, it was pretty good. It's warm, about two hours, twelve lighting. So I'm pretty fired up today. <laughs> hey, 
you don't even know this, but you just gave the fishing report before we're about to do the fishing report. So have a good <laughs> night, have a good dinner, and uh, hopefully Trinity Christian gets a W. Have a good one, man. All right, buddy. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. Uh, all right. That's our uh, Hall of Fame coach, uh, Kevin Sullivan. Can coach football? Can catch some fish, apparently. And let's get into our Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. We welcome in Captain Rick Riles. How about that, Captain Rick? We went fishing to fishing. Do I need to uh, bring my playbook to this meeting? Is that what you're telling me, Brent Martin? <laughs> hey, that's a good yeah. day, right? A dozen, a dozen, um, he said. Yeah, that's a good day, and our whiting fishing's been very good. I'm walking my dog, and I'm trying to think of what it must be like to be trash-talked by Brent Martineau. I mean, that's just something with... <laughs> hey, number three, why didn't you iron your uniform? You know, <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Pretty good day today. Not a lot of uh, blue water trolling. In fact, it's, for whatever reason, it's been kind of quiet this week. But the bottom fishing was good. But Jody Williams had the limits and vermilions. And we're starting to see the first smatterings of sea bass, which means our water's getting colder, as it is wanting to do this time of year. Uh, whiting will be here for about another four or five degrees. Once it gets down below about 62, 63, we'll probably see the end of them for a while. Uh, inshore, the redfish are still just as wide open as they can be. I'm going to be in my kayak at dawn tomorrow as we're going to have a good low tide that should bring us a lot of hungry redfish. We'll see. But uh, one thing about it, I'll be back to report on it tomorrow afternoon with another fishing report brought to you by CSS Landscaping and Workman's Fish Plumbing. Thank you, Brent. All right, have a good walk, uh, Captain Rick. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report each and every day. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Saturday morning, 7 a.m. on ESPN 690 as well. Catch the show for a couple of hours. All right, we take a break. We come back. Uh, we put a bow on a Thursday. Jaguars All Access coming up at 7 o'clock on Fox 30. Uh, and uh, we'll also maybe buy a beer. Brent buys a beer. We'll see if there's any openings on the board. i got to check that out or break out the wallet. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I think he's going to always figure out a way to kind of get us into games. If he, You know, if somebody jump out on us or something like that, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, obviously, he doesn't have the arm time that he used to have. But I think his decision-making will still be better than Mason or, or Dwayne right now. Uh, so, me personally, I would prefer to play Ben. Uh, especially because he said this might be his last season or, or what. So I, I prefer to play Ben over playing somebody that you don't know what you're going to get from them. At least we kind of know what we're going to get from Ben. I don't know who that was. Uh, hmm. Was that not like Marcus Spears or somebody? No, no. You sure you don't know? You, you I think you knew around this time at uh, 3 o'clock. That was a long time ago. Brian Shazier, Brent. Oh, that was Shazier again. Yep. Double down on it because you is were so like, sure the first time, but now. Is he like broadcasting the game or something? Nah, he did an interview. Oh. Like, what do you want from me? I can only play so much. Hey, we're gonna we're getting better. You know? Yeah. I mean. We're not. Right, right. Uh, you have a problem with these Thursday night games, huh? A problem? Oh, Yeah. Did I? I forgot I said that. Yeah, well, no, not just in general. Like, I've seen the Steelers in primetime how many times and the Seahawks. Just yeah. let's move on. You know what I mean? What I'm a little surprised by, obviously, the Seahawks, they got, uh, like, Russell Wilson, so you're getting that impact. The Steelers are always going to be on, okay? Like, Steelers, because they're such a big, from a rating standpoint, you got to look at this as not a football fan, but a, a network. Uh, right. 
point of view in an NFL point of view and ratings matter and um, although I, I think sometimes in the NFL the ratings are a little overrated because it's so big it's just big <laughs> you know each and every week whether it's it drops like 10 percent or goes up 10 percent it's still like the biggest uh, program of the week right. on network TV so how big is it really uh, people are spending a lot of money uh, whether it's the Jags or the Steelers I think on national TV uh, but Steelers are always going to be on there a bunch. Um, and then, obviously, you got your marquee players. Uh, the Brady, uh, Tampa was never on there until Brady came, right? Uh, even though Tampa's a pretty big market. But I feel like I haven't seen that much Tampa as I have Steelers or, see, like, Brady, the first game of the season and then the Patriots game, right? Uh, yeah. Didn't they just have a Thursday nighter, though? Another one? Did they? Did they? Or some, I thought they had. I, I, bet they, I bet they are on there five times. Uh, in the season. Well, at least that's worth watching. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think don't the need... Rams have been on there a lot. Again, I'm okay with that. Like, I just don't, I yeah, don't need LA. to see Seattle or Russell Wilson because he's all they have. Yeah, Russell, the Seattle one's interesting because Russell Wilson is all they have. And Seattle is an okay-sized market, but it's not like this unbelievable football traditional market fan base, the rest. So it's a little surprising they're on maybe as much as you say they are, and I don't know how much that is. Uh, but it's it's obvious why, obviously, the Giants and if the Jets were any good or Chicago or uh, L.A. teams, uh, Dallas, are on because those are top five markets in the country. And uh, Pittsburgh uh, does well because they have everybody in every market of the country. <laughs> uh, the Packers are the same way. Even though they're not a big market, uh, they have fans all over the country. So I think uh, some of it adds up, but I, I get your point. I, I will say this. I think the primetime games, the NFL and the TV networks have divvied them up and figured it out better than maybe ever before. We have more quality games than I feel like we've ever had. Uh, and maybe it just feels that way, and I'm not really wrong from a technical standpoint if I went back and looked at it. But remember when we had all, a lot of Thursday night games where it just were duds? Yeah. Remember when uh, Monday Night Football went to ESPN initially uh, a few years, well, not initially, but it was a few years back, and I didn't think their games were that good. Like, it felt like they were getting third pick of the litter. What happened was Fox actually beefed up the Thursday games because when they redid the contract, they, they, they said, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to spend a lot of money, but we have to have better games. Like, Fox said that. Like, we, we need better games. We, we need to have more, like, a higher pick uh, of which games we can get. And um, it, it's, you know, and overall, I think each year in general has had more games go down to the wire than maybe in the history of the NFL. Yeah, that's fair. Remember there was that stat. I knew it was through like eight, nine, ten weeks. I don't know if it's still case through 12, 13 weeks. Uh, but we've had a lot of close games. Unless the Jags are playing. Yeah, yeah. Then then just throw it out the window unless you're talking nine to six. Now listen, I would say the Jags, but the Jags played their part on Thursday night. They played pretty well. 24-21. Came down to a last kick. It was kind of boring at the end that's anyway because you knew it was going to happen. But at least it was an exciting game. Uh, had some, You know, they didn't get embarrassed. Uh, that was the Jags' best primetime performance, I feel like, in a while, although it's not really true because they beat Tennessee. Well, nobody got stiff-armed. A few years ago, that's right. So, uh, so anyway, it, it's we'll, uh, we'll see if tonight's pretty good. I, I think tonight's a fascinating game, actually. I don't know if it'll be a good game, but I think it's a fascinating game because I have no idea what, who either one of these teams are. Uh, Pittsburgh feels like they're always going to turn it on eventually, but Ben's old and Pittsburgh's really not that good and really hasn't been the last few years, it doesn't feel like. 
Um, Minnesota should be way better than their record is. They have a lot of talent out there, so we'll see what happens. That game coming up on Fox 30 later tonight and on ESPN 690 as well. You can hear it, Westwood One coverage. And coming up next on ESPN 690, you can hear Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton. Action Sports Jacks overtime coming up in just a few moments. I'm staying here at Spring Sports Brewery. In Springfield, 7 o'clock, Jaguars All-Access. Shaq Griffin uh, will join us on the show tonight. You can watch it on Fox 30. Now, here's the deal. I have no problem buying a beer. But mm -hmm. you got to come redeem your beer because now there's no open spots on the board. Come on, people. And so I can't buy it if there are no open spots on the board. So we'll save it till next week. Sounds good. All right. All right, Casey, have a good show, man. Thank you. We'll do it again tomorrow from Extreme Wing Sports Grill out there at Roosevelt Boulevard. So come on out 3 o'clock. Say hello to us. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you on TV later tonight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.